The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, our guest will explain what really makes you ill and why everything you thought you knew about disease is wrong. Voltaire once said, quote, Doctors are men who prescribe medicines of which they know little to cure diseases of which they know less in human beings of whom they know nothing, unquote. The conventional approach adopted by most healthcare systems entails the use of medicine to treat human disease. The idea encapsulated by Voltaire's quote will no doubt be regarded by most people as inapplicable to 21st century healthcare, especially the system known as modern medicine. The reason that people would consider this idea to no longer be relevant is likely to be based on the assumption that quote-unquote medical science has made significant advances since the 18th century and that 21st century doctors, therefore, possess a thorough if not quite complete, knowledge of medicines, diseases, and the human body. Unfortunately, however, this would be a mistaken assumption, as our guests will demonstrate. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Don Lester and David Parker have backgrounds in the fields of accounting and electrical engineering. These fields both require an aptitude for logic, which proved extremely useful for their investigation that has involved more than 10 years of continuous research to find answers to the questions, what really makes people ill? The author's investigation of why people become ill was conducted from a different perspective, from that of the medical establishment. It was therefore free from the dogma and biases inherent within quote-unquote medical science. This unbiased and logical approach enabled them to follow the evidence with open minds and led them to discover the flaws within the information about illness and disease that is promulgated by the medical establishment. The result of their investigation are revealed within their book, What Really Makes You Ill? Why Everything You Thought You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. Their website is whatreallymakesyouill.com. Don Lester and David Parker Join us from the UK. Hello, Don and David. How are you? Fine, thank you. Hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. Uh, thank you. Yes, we're very well and uh, trust you are too. Uh, we've uh, been looking forward to having a chat with you. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can cover some 
interesting stuff for your listeners and uh, hopefully clear up a few misconceptions because it's uh, quite a challenging title, our book, which was uh, <laughs> some people might even say offensive when we say uh, everything you thought you knew about disease is wrong. Um, but uh, hopefully that will be revealed more as we as we get to chat. The truth first will hurt you, but then it will set you free. So I understand. Let's begin with your story. And by the way, I have received so many requests in the past couple of months. It seems that a lot of people are waking up to what your book is all about. But let's begin with your story. You have a very non-traditional story, and it took you, what was that, a decade to write this book? Correct, yes. Yes, uh, 10 years of research went into the book, and uh, that's why it's quite a tome of nearly 800 pages, and uh, there's 40 pages of citations. Uh, you know, the research that we did over those 10 years, um, you know, it wasn't just a case of scanning around the internet and having a look at this, that, and the other. It's all from the literature written by other specialists, doctors and scientists, uh, uh, really over the last 150 years, uh, you know, right back, going back to when the sort of germ theory was put forward by Louis Pasteur and uh, and criticised quite a lot, even then, by uh, doctors of the age, you know, who didn't believe what he was saying. And, uh, and that's why it's still called a germ theory. It's never been proven. And, uh, and that's where we had to start. So we, we did go back in time. Um, but we came to it in... Um, probably what people might think is an unusual way because my background is electrical engineering and Dawn's was uh, is in accounting, uh, both professionals in our fields. But we had many interests and uh, Dawn and I have known one another for about over 20 years and we started working together, um, I guess, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, but because uh, we've written another couple of little books before this <laughs> tome, um, and the first book that we were writing was about the nature of reality. But we did, we wrote under a pen name then, uh, NOR, which stands for the nature of reality, because that had been a lifelong interest of mine as to what life is about. So, you know, does it have meaning? Uh, what happens to us when we die? And all of, you know, all the big questions that people ask. And, uh, you know, uh, so that's what that one is about. But whilst we were writing that book uh, and doing some research, uh, there was one of the chapters was about illness and uh, in particular about viruses and we realized at the time we, we didn't really know very much about viruses so we thought we'd better do some research and um, that was that was Pandora's box that was the proverbial tin of worms as they say in the UK you know once you'd opened it all sorts of stuff came out which was a great shock to us because um, we were brought up the same as everyone else you know traditional uh, education and told right from Oh, the, the offset that, um, you know, germs make you ill. Uh, doctors know what they're doing, you know, very respectable and respected people. And uh, it was all based on science. And uh, vaccinations were good for you, you know, they prevented disease. Um, all of the standard things, you know, that's what we've been brought up to do and uh, and believe. And, uh, and we did. So when we started doing that initial research, um, the strangely, the first disease that we came across, and it was purely by accident, was uh, the HIV-AIDS uh, controversy. And as, as we've often said to people, we, we didn't even know there was a controversy. We thought in the 80s, you know, we're, <laughs> we're old enough to know all that and uh, live through it. And uh, we'd had all the doomsday 
uh, scenarios given to us that uh, this was going to be a disease that swept the world and it didn't matter whether you're homosexual or heterosexual, you know, millions, literally tens of millions were going to die worldwide and uh, and no one knew what to do about it, you know, and everyone was as uh, scared, you know, that they thought they'd never have sex again, as one said, you know, so it was, yeah, and... Of course, none of those things came to be true. Um, you know, it didn't sweep the world, killing tens of millions of people. Well, more than that, actually, they were predicting. And of course, there are many parallels between the doomsday prophecies that we were getting then, again, built on computer models, as per the coronavirus uh, nonsense. And I'll call it that, and we'll explain more later why, why we can say that. Um, but again, the coronavirus thing is all built on uh, prophecies built on computer models which have been shown time and time again to be completely incorrect um, and uh, you know we, we, we'll talk a bit more about that so we that's really what started it and also some personal things that had happened in my life where various friends and family who had been diagnosed with various cat excuse me cancers had um, taken all the traditional uh, forms of uh, uh, cut, burn, and uh, all the rest of it, um, and uh, followed the doctor's orders, and uh, and unfortunately all died. Um, and so that was the, started off a big personal question for me, you know, that because uh, at the, the time the medical establishment probably still is, were bragging that uh, you know their treatments of cancer was uh, so much improved that they were having fifty uh, percent success rates. And uh, obviously, I know that. Uh, in well at least half a dozen of my close friends and family who had been diagnosed with cancer over the years uh, who had all died so i knew very well that there was no 50 percent success rate it was 100 percent failure rate so <clears throat> that was again the first big question um so all these things sort of came together and uh, really as it was such a shock to dawn and i we realized the medical establishment was so wrong about the hiv aids thing when it was shown quite clearly that there was no virus involved in it it was very much more straightforward things such as um as people know i'll only briefly speak of it because i'm maybe your listeners have heard all this before but uh, it was quite easy to demonstrate that um the things that were started off in San Francisco area in the States were with the relatively small homosexual community there. Uh, the disease is nothing to do with being homosexual, uh, but it was to do with the sort of lifestyle that the people had. They were uh, fairly heavy recreational drug users, uh, in particular poppers, which is basically amyl nitrate, um, and that which is very toxic to the body. Um, but then they were being treated with heavy doses of uh, antibiotics. So a combination of their drug use and heavy doses of antibiotics was what was actually making them extremely ill. Um, but the, <clears throat> that was not really recognised by the doctors in there. They thought they were seeing something new, a new disease. And um, well, as much as anything, out of desperation, they decided they were going to treat them with uh, AZT or AZ, AZT, I think, as it may be known in America, um, which was originally um, a chemotherapy drug. So, again, very extremely toxic. And in the strength of doses that they were giving to people in, in the early 80s, um, it killed everyone. You know, and, uh, you know, quite a few famous people in there, Freddie Mercury for one and uh, Rudolf Nureyev for the belly dancer another and, and many others uh, be, because the dose just killed them all. 
But of course, it was blamed on uh, AIDS, which was quite untrue. And uh, there are a few doctors who honestly now admit that. They know that that dose was just too strong. Now, I think they still use AZT, but uh, in much uh, smaller doses. So uh, if anything, it just takes longer to poison people. So again, I'm cutting a long story short there, but we did a lot of research, talked to a lot of doctors, a lot of sufferers, went to a lot of group meetings to find find out uh, what the experiences of people were, talk to other writers um, over quite a long period of time. And, and as I say, the story was put together and I think it's fairly well known now, although the establishment still maintains that there's a virus that uh, uh, causes AIDS, which is absolutely not true. There is no scientific proof on that. So that was the first sort of major illness that we examined and uh, again as I said Dawn and I said crikey you know if they're wrong about that so wrong about that what else are they wrong about and that was it that was the start of our journey down the proverbial rabbit hole as they say which just got deeper and deeper and uh, why it took 10 years of solid research um, because both because Dawn and I have both got technical backgrounds um, we knew how to study, we knew how to research, and we had no preconceived ideas, unlike doctors. Um, we had no preconceived ideas. We could ask every question we wanted and we wouldn't rest until we got plausible answers. Um, and that's what we did. And um, well, that's what sort of brought the book into being. And we've written it as a, a bit like a detective story, really starting right back with looking at the germ theory and whether that can possibly be correct if there's any scientific evidence to support it, which there isn't. And uh, we build the evidence throughout the book um, so that it's easy for people to see by the time they get to the end of it as to why it's conclusively proves that there is no scientific evidence to prove that either viruses, the so-called virus, um, uh, all bacteria for that matter, um, are the cause of any disease, and I do mean any disease. And we tested this hypothesis of ours, both in every human disease that we could come across, all the major ones at least, to see whether it, there was always a plausible answer as to what actually had caused the illness. And we were able to find much more plausible answers, none of which involved um, germs of any sort. Um, so we also, we sort of expanded our view and decided, wondered, well, okay, if it's, uh, we can't find any scientific basis for the cause of disease in humans, is it the same for animals? So we started looking at animal diseases and we found it held true for them too. And uh, we, we cite all these cases, obviously, in detail in the book. And uh, one of the uh, ones that I often like to tell people about is because it was peculiar to the UK, which we could never understand until we looked into it. And that was what became known as mad cow disease in the UK. Um, and literally whole herds had been slaughtered by the government ministries um, because it, it gave the appearance of the cows going mad. They can't, couldn't stand up properly. They lost complete control and uh, they ended up being destroyed. But when we looked into it, what we found um, is that uh, it was due to poisoning. That, and this is why it's peculiar to the UK, because the cattle, the, the government has specified that the cattle should be washed down in a in a, a dip, which actually turned out to be organo, organophosphates, 
which are highly toxic, they're a neurotoxin. And we found that this was actually the cause of why the cows were going mad. Uh, but particularly why it was really seemed to only be happening in the UK is we found that the strength that had been demanded by the ministry in the UK only was something like four times as strong as it was anywhere else. And so it was the strength of this uh, poisonous or um, neurotoxin that was actually seeping into the bloodstreams of the cows and particularly into their uh, neurosystems and uh, giving the appearance of going mad. And um, uh, and eventually they died or were killed, slaughtered, because the government insisted it was a disease of some sort. And so they wiped out entire herds um, with the mistaken view that um, they could prevent the spread of this disease. But again, nothing to do with a germ uh, and so on. And we looked at myxomatosis in rabbits and various things like that. So we've never to this day found any uh, so-called disease that can be shown to prove that it's caused by a germ, uh, despite the protestations and uh, of that from the medical establishment. Um, and I, I hasten to point out that it's not because we think that uh, all doctors are evil people and uh, are just out to deceive the public. Of course, they're not. Uh, but they're just misinformed. You know, they, they have uh, a regime of teaching for their four years, I think it is, of uh, medical training, uh, which they cram full of information. Um, and they, they're not really allowed to ask questions. And we've, we've talked to many doctors about this, you know, uh, and they're given so much, you know, so it's they're just told basically in simple terms, this bacteria causes that disease, this virus causes that disease, and this is the sort of treatment that you give for it. I mean, it's obviously I'm giving a simplified version, but that's basically it. I mean, they don't do any research of their own as to how this virus is proved to cause this disease. And of course, the question papers, if they want to pass their exam, is they have to answer it in the format that they've been trained. Um, because they believe it's true uh, in the same way, I guess, as uh, everyone else did. You know, all the lay public, including us to start with, believe it to be true. But it's only when you go beyond those boundaries, as we could, because uh, it didn't matter how foolish the questions might seem that we asked. Uh, we kept asking them until we got sensible answers that we could source from more than one source, as it were. So we didn't just take one person's uh, view on this. Um, and, and again, why it took 10 years to put all this together. But it was quite easy, particularly with viruses, to show that the basic uh, questions that should be asked and should be answered, which is to show that a virus is the cause of a disease. First of all, it has to be properly isolated and purified. Um, then its full genetic makeup documented. And finally, the purified uh, viral particles, we'll call them that, should be able to be introduced into a healthy person and the disease should develop. Now, those are the basic fundamentals that should be done. Uh, fairly straightforward, but they never have been. And surprisingly, for any virus that you'd care to mention, so it's, we're not just talking about coronavirus now, and it's certainly not been done for that, but for any virus, and we, we could barely believe these findings when we first came across it. And so we kept checking and checking and looking for the original scientific 
peer-reviewed papers to show that they had actually done these uh, tests and they know where to be found. And um, which is, of course, a big warning sound, if you like, to say there's something amiss. Because, you know, to be able to get a peer-reviewed paper that you're the discoverer of uh, a particular... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.